Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, right now we are giving away $200 in slot play to Sasquatch Casino up in Blackhawk. First four callers are going to get 50 bucks each. If you have won in the past, you are not eligible to win again. And they always have fantastic promotions up at Sasquatch Casino up in Blackhawk. And this is what I'm talking about. And I think their latest one is absolutely fantastic. They're giving away over $17,000 or up to $30,000 towards the lease or a purchase of a vehicle from Omera Ford. They're giving that away the weekend of January 22nd. So get on up there, see how you can... You know, work with Omera Ford up there to get the vehicle of your choice if you are a winner or just go up there on us. First four callers, 303-831-1340. If you want to pass, not eligible to win again, 50 bucks in your pocket. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. Okay, clearly pressure on the Broncos to beat the Lions on Sunday to stay in the playoff hunt. That is obvious. But is there a little less pressure? Because Detroit won its first game a few days ago against Minnesota. Eh, not really. No. I mean, it's on the surface, it's one of those things where, okay, it doesn't look quite as bad if you lose this game. But the pressure is there just because of where the Broncos will sit after this after this game. If you're if you're six and seven and you've just lost to a team that only has two wins all year, and you're staring down the barrel of facing four playoff contenders in the final four games. What are your chances, really? You'd have to win all four. And you just lost to the Lions. I mean, what are the Vikings' chances, really, after they lost? Even though the standings say they're one game back. Just like the standings say the Broncos are one game back. But a team team that loses the Lions probably isn't going anyplace. No, no, and I understand that. What I'm The, The pressure comes from the fact that they need this game. To survive. No, I understand that. What I'm saying is, if for some reason they lose, the embarrassment... Not the same. If if the Lions went into this game winless... It, it's more. It's not the same as if they went in winless. That's right? what I'm talking yeah. about. So it's good that they beat the Vikings. If the Lions did not win that game, and they go into the Broncos game winless, you want to talk about a low watermark for not only the season... But quite possibly a low watermark that we haven't seen in decades. Yeah, that's why. That's why it's good that the Lions won that game. You and I have talked about. You that. can't have a historically bad loss on Sunday. You can have a bad loss, but not one where you're saying it's literally the worst loss at home the team has had since, like the Loop Saban era or something like that. I mean, it would be right up there as one of the worst losses in franchise history. Yeah. Fighting for the playoffs. Now, granted, if if the team right now, I don't know, was sitting with a three and nine record, eh, no, they're fighting for the playoffs. Yeah, a playoff team loses to a team that hasn't won a game. The players don't feel that pressure, and I understand that. 
but I can't even imagine the backlash. I mean, there would, I, I say this figuratively because of what's going on in the world today with protests, but there might literally be people outside of Dove Valley with pitchforks and torches if they lost to the Lions. Literally calling for Vic Fangio to be fired. You know, and that, that's, and I think that's true even though. Might be did. that way even I think the it's true. Lions won. That's, and actually, I think that's true exactly, even if with the Lions having won a game. I think if they lose on Sunday, people are going to want somebody's head on a platter. I don't know if they care who, whether it's the coach or the offensive coordinator. They want somebody's or the head quarterback. On somebody's head. They want they want somebody out. But but if they hadn't won that game, they'd want everybody's head. Right. They wouldn't be satisfied with just one. The truth is if they lose this game and they're six and seven, what are you clinging to at this point as far as this coaching administration. The hope that they win four in a row at the end and get to the playoffs. We know that you can start your head coaching interviews with a couple weeks left in the season now. Dude, they've already started looking at new head coaches. Looking, yes, but not talking. No, but you start doing your research. Every general manager in the league worth his or her, or her salt has a constant list. Every athletic director has a constant list of people they would bring in for major coaching vacancies if a change arose. So, so, do the, so does George Payton, I'm sure. Well, George Payton, yes. Um, Green Bay, no. Uh, Buffalo, may, actually, Buffalo might be a maybe because people are furious at McDermott's game plan. Yeah. But, but I don't think he's going to. They, those teams aren't making moves. I'm just saying that every, every general manager type or team president, always in their mind has a few names that they would start a search with. It's not immediately. Well, yes. Just always in reserve. Always there. Okay. There's a, there's a difference between having a list in your head and actually writing it down on paper and making phone calls. It would not surprise me one bit, especially from what I have been told, the... The Broncos are already doing research on guys, just like with what we saw at Colorado State. They have a new head coach, right? Yeah. Either Colorado State is the most efficient university in the country when it comes to its athletic department, or, or boy, they moved really fast to get a new head coach. They fired their guy on what, Friday? On Friday. Yes. And they had a new guy by Monday. That's how those search firms operate. Not that fast. Yeah. Not that fast. Not that fast. Well, no. The, the search firm gives you plausible deniability because what you can say is you can tell the search firm, all right, here's the deal. Uh, we're going to fire Steve Adazio on Thursday when the buyout drops. Right. Well, he was you, fired on Thursday, not Friday. My bad. Yeah. You go ahead and get started and and put out the feelers to the agents. Again, keeping the coaches out of it. You work through the agents. Right. Kind of the plausible deniability thing. And see, and gauge the level of interest. Well, do you think the Broncos are going to go through a search firm? No, I'm just saying that's how it, op it works in college. In pros, what you have, the thing that kind of works against you is the is when you're talking about coaches with other teams is tampering. Like, for example, let's say George, you could back you could back channel stuff all day. You work it through the agents. Like, if George Payton uh, wants to reunite with his good buddy Dan Quinn, right. working together down in Miami back in the day, 
Well, Peyton cannot talk with Dan Quinn about that. He cannot exchange two words. But what is to stop George Payton's agent from communicating with Dan Quinn's agent? Wasn't there? Did I read this correctly? That Dan Quinn was up for a job someplace. I can't remember where it was. And Quinn wanted Payton to take the GM job so they could work together. I think I read that like a couple of weeks ago. This came up in early 2015. Pro football talk back then had... A, had a story. So I'm literally reading from the... Okay, so, you, so you're admitting that you don't know this off the top of your head. No. Because you're making me look like a complete fool that you do and I don't. Well, no, I'm... <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm I, I, I wanted know. to get the specifics of the story I here. Know, the, I know. the specific teams. I know. Quinn had an interest in working with George Payton, right. but Payton decided that he didn't want to interview for the open GM positions at the time, the Jets and the Bears. And we know that George Payton has been very picky over the years. Dan Quinn felt it was his right time to become a head coach. And then he got fired in the end, but you can't argue with the decision to go to the Falcons. He worked with a good GM at the time in Thomas Dimitrov. They went to a Super Bowl. They went to the playoffs a couple of times. Okay. So you can't say that Dan Quinn chose poorly, but Quinn felt like that was his thing is Quinn felt like that was his time. At that moment, the Seahawks had been to back-to-back Super Bowls with him calling the defensive plays. Right. So he's like, okay, this is my moment. And then he went to the Falcons. George Payton did not think that those, the Jets or Bears jobs were right for him. And you know what? Given what the Jets and Bears have been, you can and what they are right. organizationally from the top down, right. you can hardly quibble with George Payton's thinking on this. Right. But now you know that you know that they were once interested in working together, and you know that they are friends going back to right. their mid two thousands days in in Miami. So because of that, would it surprise anybody if they got together? No, you know that at some point over the last few years, two of them have probably been sitting at a, uh-huh. a bar Wouldn't in it be Indianapolis. Great if we work together, yes. Oh, if we if we ever got together, we'd do A, B, C, and D. You know who had that conversation a very long time ago? Me and Les Shapiro. Yeah. We always talked about, wouldn't it be great if we did a show together? Yeah. And he was always someplace, and I was always doing something You didn't have else. that conversation with me? No, because when Les left, you were the first phone call that I made, and I said I would like for us to be partners. Yeah. And I was standing in King Supers when we had that conversation. I'll never forget it. Yeah. By the way, Danny. I like how you say you'll never forget that. I, I won't, I'll won't. i never forget. I can tell you exactly where I, I was, was standing in King Supers off of University and Dry Creek. And I, was I know in, exactly where I was. And I was in my home office. And I remember, and I was, I was a little, so I, I was surprised, but extremely flattered. Oh, well, don't be. I, I, I was and still am. Danny, I have a question for you because you use the word picky. You're single. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Have you ever gone out with a girl and she said to you, I'm picky? Not to my face. No, never to your face. No. Okay. Did that ever happen to you? No. And now remember something. It doesn't mean, well, if anything, if she said to you, she's picky, she's actually paying you a compliment. Yes. Right? Unless she's turned, unless you asked her on a date and she says no. Well, and says no. no. Well, you're on the date. Well, I'm picky. I'm talking about you're on the date. Okay. I once had a girl say that to me on a date, which I suppose I should be flattered, right? So, not about the food? Huh? It wasn't about the food. No, it was about, about who her, she dated. Her choice in about men. About who she dated. So role play this really quickly. I'll be me. You be her. 
and you just say in so many words, yeah, when I date, I'm picky. So say it in whatever words you want to. Mason. Yeah, I, I don't date very often. I'm, I'm kind of picky about who I date. I'm not. <laughs> that was my response. I'm not. And that was the wrong response. No, that, that response was on purpose just to get a reaction because I'm quick-witted that way, and I just wanted to see what she said. What did she say? I don't remember. Obviously, you it wasn't very memorable. You just told me you remembered exactly where you were well, when you actually, called me to, actually, to join you on this radio show. You don't remember that? Well, it was I, I was on more than enough dates. The point is, I just wanted to see the girl's reaction, which there's obviously going to be an uncomfortable silence, right? Uh, yes. And of course, I'm kidding when I say that because if I wasn't picky myself, I wouldn't have asked her on well, the There date. was a scene on Ted Lasso about this, remember? Like, No, I don't. Have you gotten to the second season yet? Barely in. Okay, though. There's a I'm don't pick, tell me. I'll just say the words I'm picky yeah. come up yeah. in asking someone on a date. Uh, yeah. And I'll just and you, so you'll get there. You'll know what I'm talking yeah. about. I'm picky. I'm not. And and she looked she looked at me with this absolute horror like what? You're not picky. What? Anyway, coming up after the break, we talked about the wide receivers earlier on in the show. How it is baffling in so many words that. The Broncos wide receivers only have seven total touchdown catches. Let's talk about another pass catcher, Noah Fant. First round pick. I will never label him with the word bust, but but I I will label him with the term tremendous disappointment. We'll talk about that next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about the Tivoli Brewing Tap House on the Rary campus. Hey, if you're going to Ball Arena, there is no reason to spend a lot of money on beer or food because you can go to the Tivoli Brewing Tap House and you can get one of the best brews in town. Tivoli has been around longer than any other brewery in Colorado. You're going to get a great brew, great beer, great price, and Bad Daddy's Burgers opened up in the Tivoli Brewing Tap House. So you're going to get a much better beer and a much or much better burger, I should say, at a much better price as well. Head on over there, pregame, postgame, before a Nuggets, Avs game, or even a concert. You can absolutely love going over there. Tivoli is Colorado's original brewery. If you are not first, you are last. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmurosport.com. We expected a lot on Noah Fant when he got here. We just did. And I understand he didn't have the greatest quarterback play in his first couple of years. Teddy Bridgewater is the best of what he's had, if we're being completely honest. He has three games with 50 yards receiving or more out of 12 games. 
And we know Teddy Bridgewater doesn't like to throw the ball or doesn't, he's not as good at throwing the ball deep. He's okay, but there's nothing great about his deep ball. He likes to kind of throw over the middle, short passes, yada, 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 where you think Noah Fant would feast, right? You'd think. You would think. With that, looking at his numbers, I don't know if you even realize this. Do you know he's leading the team in receptions? Yes, 49. Right. He's averaging 8.7 yards a catch. His yak, yards after catch, is 188. 188 yards. That is second only to Javante Williams. What, if anything, do you read into those stats? Well, it doesn't surprise me that Javante Williams leads the team in yards after the catch because you ex- actually you expect that from your running backs because they're catching the ball often in the backfield, right? The... The stat that really jumps out like a sore thumb on Noah Fant, how many tackles has he broken this year? He doesn't. None. None. I thought he had all that speed. And we saw it as a rookie. Broke tap member against Cleveland, gets in the flat, breaks tackle, he's off to the races on the uh, pass from Brandon Allen. Okay, I'm, I'm going to let you say it, but I'm going to lead you to it. Uh, you know, because I don't, I don't want to. You know say how it. I hate this when you do the kind of. The I know, leading, but I don't want to say the it. leading thing. I, I, I tend to be more critical than you, so you can fall on the grenade for me. Okay? I mean, I may not say what you're expecting me to Fine. say. Fine. What was the knock on Noah Fant coming out of college? Not a great blocker. And that's the knock. Not a great blocker. Uh, there not, were not, other... fi- not physical. Not physical. Is there another way to put that? I'm not using that word. What letter does it begin with? Soft. Thank you. There we go. I, I refuse to use that word when we're talking. I don't like to use the word either. I don't like Danny, using that word when we talk about football You're players. a jerk. No, I, I hate, I, I don't like that word. I don't like that I don't either. like that word at all Right. when we're talking about guys who are going out and getting and, and subjecting themselves to financial, yeah. I mean, physical he, punishment. He, By going on the football field, you yeah. are not the S word. Right. I mean, he okay? could kick, listen, he could kick my ass all day. I'll be the first one to tell you that. Yes. I'm not much of a challenge at 53 years old. Although I work out pretty hard and I'm in decent shape, I could probably take, I could probably survive the first punch. Definitely not the second one. Definitely not the second one. The point is, for the years that he has been in the league, I said it going into break. Would you qualify this guy as a disappointment being a first round pick so far? Even though he's leading the team in receptions? Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to. And one one of the reasons why is that even though his reception total is going up, his yardage per catch is going down right. from year to year. Right. And I mean the broken tackles thing, I think that is something that is that is that is an issue. I mean, even as a rookie, he had forty catches and he had three broken tackles on them. Second year, he had four broken tackles on 6-2 receptions. This year, he hasn't broken a tackle. It's a big part of why you're talking about his per his per catch average having gone from 14.1 as a rookie down to 8.7 right now. And by the way, he, he doesn't have any plays longer than 26 yards. For a tight end to have, have explosive plays, usually there's a, there is yardage after the catch or a broken tackle involved. And there has been for Noah Fant where he's made big plays historically, but he hasn't made those. The thing with Noah Fant, what everybody said about him, the positive was this kid has speed. Well, if he had speed or has speed, why isn't he breaking tackles? It's not like he's a little guy out there. 
And you know what? It seems like, at least recently, Teddy kind of favors Okawebanam. Feels like that, doesn't it? Feels like that, but then you kind of take you take a look at uh, you know why at the last fi- at the last five games you know why it feels and, Noah, like- and Noah Fant had, in the last five games that he has played, yeah. of course he because of course he missed the Dallas game mm-hmm. in the last five games he has played. Noah Fant has been targeted twenty five times mm-hmm. and has nineteen receptions. And you know what? Not one has been memorable. And maybe that's why I'm saying that. Because every time Okawebanam catches a pass, he seems to always run with it. Right? And, and, and maybe he's, that's... Aver- he's averaging 1.1 more yards per catch than, than, than Fan is right now. Now, that being said, last five games for Okawebanam, he's been targeted 17 times, not as many as Fan, and he's finished with uh, 14 receptions. So he's involved. And he also has the bigger... He has the single most explosive catch in, in in that time. But it feels like it feels like Okawebanam is making it go, oh, every time Fant catches the ball, it's like, uh. That's what it feels like. Now let's go to something else. No one Well you wanna know how many uh <sighs> you, you wanna know um how many tackles Okawebanam has uh, has broken yeah. so far. How many? None. Mm. Oh wait, my bad. Am I looking at the wrong thing? That doesn't seem right. Yeah, I'm looking at. I'm like, eh, where is that? That doesn't seem right. No, none this year. Really? Wait, no, wait. That's. Oh wait, that's no offense. We're looking at. This is live. This is I live was about radio. To say it's, this is live. It's, that it's that really, doesn't seem right because I remember him breaking more than a. Few oh, tackles. he hasn't break. He hasn't broken a tackle this year. According to SportRadar.com. Really? Yeah. yeah. One broken tackle last year. None this year. He had that 64-yard catch and run against Philadelphia, but there wasn't right. a broken tackle. Okay. With that, no one would ever accuse Noah Fant of being a great blocker. And as you said, that wasn't – that's why – was it TJ? But he'll do it. Right. TJ Hawkinson is, a, is an exceptional blocker right. for the position. Noah Fant, and the reason why he was kind of tight end two at Iowa, they both played for the Hawkeyes, right. was that Hawkinson was a better blocker. But the thing is – Fant is what you would call a willing blocker. Well, hold on, hold on. But he's not fundamentally hold on. the blocker. You're that right. Hawkinson You're is. right. Willing blocker has been used on him since he has come into this league. Shannon Sharp was a willing blocker. It wasn't something he wanted to do, but he would do it. Okay. Would you call Noah Fant with what we have seen this season even willing? Actually, I saw some good blocks from him on Sunday. Yes, I'd say that. Okay. Like I was look, looking at uh, some of Javante Williams' runs. Fans, fans doing what he's supposed to do. Okay. All so right. yeah, I actually think I actually think that part of his game is getting better from what in, in the last few weeks. Maybe I'm thinking. I, of, I, I do think. Wasn't there? A, I do think that there may have been a turning point for Noah Fan as a blocker because he has done better since yeah. he missed that block. There we go. That, that led to Melvin Gordon's fumble right. late in the Washington game. Right when he missed it on Chase Young. Right. Since that's then, the, that's he what has I was been a better blocker okay. to his credit. But what about before that? Because I, I'd say that I'd say the development is stalled. I, I think I think he's worked. I think maybe since that play, he he probably heard it from the coaches yeah. after that because that the Broncos could have lost the game because of that missed block. And I think when it comes down to it, he he's doubled his efforts because he's doing much better at least 
by my eyes when I go back and I rewatch the games. And I and even on Sunday in real time, I'm seeing Noel Fant who's doing his job helping set up Javante Williams. Right. So yeah, I think so I think there's hope for him. The question is, do you pick up the fifth year option on him? And the Broncos have to make that decision by the springtime. Okay, real quick. I'm not trying to set you up, Danny, but I'm trying to set up a tease. Who's been the Broncos' best rookie this year? Quick. Pat Sertan. I agree. But Javante Williams has been nominated for Rookie of the Week three times. And Pat Sertan has not. So if that's the case, wouldn't you make the case that Javante Williams is the best rookie on this team? That's next. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at SDHMazda.com. Well, recently, Javante Williams is becoming a regular for the NFL's Rookie of the Week award for on offense, right? Yeah. On offense. Uh, he was Rookie of the Week, Week 9, nominated Week 12, and I just had a quick look-see at all of the rookies who would be up for the award for NFL Offensive Rookie of the Week, and I think that Javante Williams is going to be the slam dunk winner. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't think he, I don't think he has any competition this week. I don't think it's close. I mean, not only— He's going to win it twice. Yeah. Think about let's just let's go by the numbers here, right? He had 178 yards from scrimmage, right, on Sunday. Well, one of that was no, a garbage play. Yeah, some of that was garbage. That's not fine. some of it. There was a decent chunk. Yeah, the, the I'm referring to the one at the end of the first half. Right. Me too. Yeah, 34 <sighs> yards of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But so he still take, had a great game. take that off. He still has 37 more yards from scrimmage than any other rookie in the league last week. Right. And he has and he had the touchdown. Yes, the Broncos right. were out of it at that point, but. I don't see how you can't give him offensive rookie of the of the week this week. With that, I mean, literally, the, he had more yards from scrimmage than any Bronco running back in seven years for a single game. With that, okay, he, he's probably going to win rookie of the week twice, nominated three times. Yeah, Pat Sertan already has four picks, and outside of the category of tackles, I think there is probably a very good chance that Pat Sertan finishes with a better rookie season than Champ Bailey. Because I looked at his rookie numbers. Yeah. You, could, you could look at his rookie numbers if you what liked did him. What did Pat, Champ Bailey do as a rookie? He had like a ridiculous like 80 tackles. It was crazy. But as far as picks, I think he had four. Passes defended, he had less. Every other stat. Five picks, one touchdown, kind of like Chan, kind of like Pat Sertan has. Yep. And, Tons uh, of tackles. Yeah. 80 tackles and 16 passes defensed. And where, where is uh, Pat Sertan at right now? 
Pat Sertan has uh, he has one fewer pick because he's got uh, right. four picks right now. Yeah, he's like, got a lot more games like to go. Like Champ Bailey, he's got one touchdown. Right. Uh, that that came on that tackle total. He's not going to catch. No, he's got not, not even close. That's right. Passes defense, he might because Champ had sixteen and sixteen games, and Sertan has twelve and twelve games. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. he's going to pass him outside of the tackle category. Yeah. So with that, that's pretty impressive. With that. And Javante's really not even a full-time player. If you had to extrapolate out in your head, and you can't because you don't have any data to back it up, except for one game in which he started, who's been the better rookie? What would it look like? Hold on, on, let me finish this. What would it look like if Javante Williams was used like, I don't know, Derrick Henry? What would those numbers look like? Thousand-yard season, for sure. I think I do think one thing that would happen if Javante Williams were, were used more more often is that I think maybe his per carry effectiveness would go down a little bit. Uh, well, maybe Derrick Henry seems to go up as the game goes on. Yeah. Now they're built a little bit differently. Won't, they, won't. they are, and you can't expect like, Derrick Henry is a unicorn. I agree in terms of how a running back is built. Okay. Well, <clears throat> you give me guys who are bell cows. Uh, Dalvin Cook. Okay who I think is probably the best comp here for Javante Williams, right down to being a second-round pick for whom right. a trade-up was involved. Because, well, that's, that's, that's a neat story, but, no, but that's they not why but, they're comped. But, but George Payton was you know with the Vikings when they right. got Dalvin Cook, and literally the same type of trade resulted in getting Javante Williams. Right. And there are – you have to – like it or not, you have to look at the Vikings because there are echoes. There, there are already plenty of echoes of the Vikings in what George Payton's Well, doing. Dalvin Cook is projected to rush for over 1,000 yards, 4.5 yards per carry, mm-hmm. five touchdowns, 269 yards in receptions, averaging 7.5. Yeah. And by the way, fumbled four times. That's a pretty good comp, right? It's a pretty good comp. Yeah. He's projected to carry the ball 228 times. And this isn't even his best receiving season. He's had a 50-catch season in his past. Right. Which I think is a, is a place where they would like to get Javante Williams long-term. He's already got 33 catches this year. And we've seen. And, and again, with Williams, he's excellent in space. Right. Like, you have a big hole and you have him in space. The one thing, again, that you want to kind of get him to improve on is he's dropped... You know he he's dropped one of every of every eleven passes thrown his way. Right. That's the thing. That's where you're going to want to get some improvement. But at the same time, or one of every twelve. Pardon me, because he's thirty three catches and three drops. But that's something that hopefully you can get a little bit better on in time. I think that you'd be able to make the case that Javante Williams would be considered the best rookie on this team had he be given a role where he carried the ball sixty to seventy percent of the time. You could make the case that he, you would say he had a better rookie season than Pat Sertan, and Pat Sertan's having a great rookie season. With mm-hmm. that, I don't think that it would even come close to surpassing what Micah Parsons has done. Yeah. And the other thing is I think even if Javante Williams had a bigger role, we would not be talking about him as offensive rookie of the year. We would be. We would not. Why? Jamar Chase. Okay. Fair. In Cincinnati. Who's li- no, no, he's having an unbelievable. He's literally having. I, I don't even know why he's he literally having a rookie season that's the best for a rookie receiver yeah. and most dynamic since Randy right. Moss twenty three years ago. He's probably going to go over. He will almost certainly hit the thousand yard mark next week. Yep. Um, he'll probably end up with close to thirteen hundred yards. He's already got eight touchdowns. 
and he's and he's and now what because you're seeing Joe Burrow spread the ball out a little bit more, there are opportunities for Chase to get more favorable coverages because Burrow is fight is is beating people with other receivers as well, and so Chase may have some more big plays in him and coming up in the next five games. There are, I think, six guys you can easily choose from. And I'll name them for you. No particular order. Sertan. Offense for defense and offense combined. Yeah. Yeah. So we have Sertan, Javante Williams, Mm -hmm. Miners, Caden Stearns, and then the two linebackers, Browning and Cooper. Give me your top four. Notice I said four, not six. Give me your top four in order. You want to start at one? We'll start at one. We'll make it easy. Give me one. Pat Sertan. I would go there, too. Who's number two? Javante Williams. I'd go there, too. Now, where are you going? Quinn Miners. It's so funny you should say that. This guy is coming on strong. Even though he had a bad play on yes, fourth he did. and two. Yeah. Cost him the game. Hey, you no, know I'm what? I'm kidding. He didn't cost him the game. Javante, Javante Williams had a drop. Yep. Quinn Miners... Missed the block. They're rookies. Yeah. Sertan wasn't perfect on Sunday. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's He did have a pick. Yeah. And maybe should have not. He maybe maybe, maybe should have knocked Mahomes' pe- block he off, He had a too. pick. He also got beat. It happens. Yeah. Okay? Right. I mean, they're rookies. Right. And it happens to pros, too. And I, so in that vein, the number four rookie yeah. is a guy who made a big mistake on, on Sunday. Kate and that's Caden Stearns. So, so you'd put him ahead of Browning. Yeah. See, I on a per play on a per play basis, and I think it's not that I don't think Baron Brown is going to be good. I don't think there's enough of a sample size of Caden Stearns that to to me. But he played, but he played well when he started. No, I and again and and again, yeah, it's still a small sample size. Really small, but I think you've seen, and you probably see enough with Browning as well. But I think you've really seen enough of Caden Stearns to where oh, I know you're not you're probably not writing the check to Kareem Jackson. No, they're the not. Season. They, they Caden are, Stearns is going to be a the starter at strong safety for the Broncos next year. I feel and very are, good about that. And you are probably not writing a check to Alexander Johnson because of Browning. Right. Right. And we will see about that. And Malik, the question is: Do they bring back Josie Jewell, or do they go with Kenny Young and uh, and Baron Browning? Because what was interesting is Kenny oh, Young. Oh yeah, we Kenny have, Young is the, a guy who did not have a good game on Sunday okay. in Kansas City. You and I had this conversation. Yeah. You and I had this conversation. I said, you bring back Kenny Young, and you said, bring back Jewel, right? Now that, but don't base the guy's performance, don't don't base everything on one game. I'm not. Who would you like to be your two starting linebackers inside, if it's a 3-4, for next year? Starting. Starting? Starting. Now, who are you bringing back? Starting. See, I like Jewel better than most people. I like Jewel. Because he is a real quarterback of the defense. Yeah. Um, and Kenny Young has shown some flashes, mm-hmm. but when it comes to, but Jewel was better before he got hurt. And again, it was he a small two sample. games. I know it's, but that's all you have. <sighs> but Ju- but even like in training camp in the preseason, he looked to be one of the defense's best players. I like Josie. First and of all, he's one of the nicest and, guys. And, I, and that's why I'm thinking it'd be nice to have. Kenny Young and Josie Jewell, but you probably don't bring back both. If I had to choose, you're I would really go with- bringing back Jewell over Kenny Young. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. You've lost your marbles. No, I haven't. Yeah, you have. It's not just about 
what you are physically. You want somebody who's kind of that, who's, again, that quarterback of the defense. Yeah. That's something that Josie Jewell was very good at. Yeah. I think he could, and honestly, I think just as Josie Jewell made Alexander Johnson a better player, mm-hmm. I think he's going to make Baron Browning because a better player. Remember, Browning is still learning how to be an inside backer. Mm-hmm. That's something he didn't do on a regular basis at Ohio State. You were asking him to make a position change. You know what? I, I, I'm going to look this up real quick, and I know that we need to hit a break. Okay? I, I liked the way that – I really, really liked the way that uh, Jewel was playing in the first couple of games. Losing him hurt okay. this defense for a while. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on. What were the Broncos' best defensive games of the season? Relative to the opposition or just in general? Because the best one would be the Jets game. Relative to the opposition and the quarterback. Uh, Cowboy game. Second best. Charger game. Third best. Chiefs game. And guess what? Kenny Young was on the field for all of them because he's only played for. But five it's also, games. but you, it's it's also you know correlation and causation aren't the same thing, and yet you're looking you're looking individually when the Chiefs had success early. You know what they were doing? They were picking on Kenny Young in coverage. Okay, well, you want you want Josie Jewell in coverage? I think Joe. No, I, no. I, yeah. Would you rather have Josie Jewell in coverage? I think they're pretty close to equal at this point. Are you joking? You think Josie Jewell is even marginally good? Jewel, he's, he's, as you, as you he said, was a lot. He is a run stuffer. Yes, he's That's a run stuffer, he and he, you don't want him. This you, is, Josie, you don't want him covering this is, me. This isn't the guy who got. And I'm fast. This guy, this guy, this isn't the guy who got beaten by 300 pound Antonio Gates as a rookie. Oh, Jewell had come a long way. Oh God! And nobody, oh, and, and nobody knows that oh. defense. You are nobody. You are nobody so knows, smart when it comes no, to football. I nobody, cannot believe but you just said nobody that. knows that defense and how to get everybody set you're, up better than Josie. You're Jewell. talking about setting up, and I'm with you. But please don't try and sell me on that yeah. Josie Jewell's better in coverage than you, Kenny Young. Kenny are Young, you, do you really? Kenny Young I'm has give you more a speed. To do, a redo. No. do you really believe that? Kenny do Young has that? more speed and quickness. Josie Jewell is better at anticipating. And the Broncos' three best defensive games this season, with the quarterback in mind, have come with Kenny Young on the field. They've played their best defense when he has gotten here. Period. You th- but again, you're focusing on one player and not fo- focusing on. Well, he's the, the guy. Who's, he's the guy who's setting the defense. He's the guy who's setting the defense. One so, so apparently, he has set it pretty well because their three best games against the best quarterbacks have come with him setting the defense. And we're also seeing him get beat from time to time. Now, Philadelphia Who doesn't get beat time Phil- to time. Philadelphia, he got beat on Sunday. What are you talking about? He, how did Kelsey do for the game? Two catches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How does Kelsey? When, how does Kelsey when usually they, do? I can't. I can't. I can't tell you why the Chiefs went away from their game plan. But you watch them early, and they went right at Kenny Young, and that's when they were having their success. Yeah. I they, don't know. I don't know. I. I. They, it's like they got thrown off when the Broncos had that eleven-minute drive. They thought they forgot how to play off. I. Ca- I cannot believe the. I can see this coming out of somebody else's mouth. You're too smart for this. Josie Wait. Jewell is better than you think he is. I didn't say he wasn't good. I'm saying he's not better in coverage. What do we have coming up? I can't. I, you of all people. You disappoint me. No, I don't disappoint you. You do. No, I don't. You do. I just see it differently than you. What do we have coming up on Masterpiece Roofing, just in case you missed it? The Colorado Avalanche got another win last night, but they are giving up an awful lot of goals, and despite their scoring sprees, 
it might prove to be a little unsustainable. We'll talk about that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfpe.com. Time now. For the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Masterpiece Roofing. Find out how Masterpiece can get your insurance company to pay for your roof. Call 720-242-6404 or go to MasterpieceRoofing.com today. Just in case you missed it, the Colorado Avalanche are second in the Central Division after their 7-5 win over the Flyers last night in Philly. Now we are just a couple months into the season, but looking at that Central Division, it's the only one in the NHL with only one team over 30 points. Mike Chambers of the Denver Post wrote for the Avs that they lead the league in scoring and are 27th in defense. That's goals allowed, goals against. So is this a sustainable model for the Avalanche or will it be as simple as a healthy Darcy Kemper kind of getting some rhythm later in the season to propel them into better playoff position? Or is the model right now of them just outscoring everyone one that they can take all the way through to the postseason? No. It'll work in the regular season. You get to the playoffs and it's... Things tighten up. It's a different brand of hockey. It is. It's... All of a sudden, you see more one nothing in two in two one games. Like right. The, with with all respect to Jonas Johansson and Justice Annan, who played last night, this this team, and with all respect to everybody else, this team will probably go as far as Darcy Kemper can take it. It's always that and the way. goal is to have him healthy for the postseason. Like, if you told me right now that they the Avs could have Kemper in the playoffs. But they'd have to play without him the rest of the regular season. I'd say probably fine because what they have, yeah, they're explosive, and they're probably explosive enough to make the playoffs with what they're wheeling out in goal right now. But this this season's all about the cup. It's not about it's not about how many points they get in the regular season. As long as they're one of those eight from the West, that's it. That's what's all about. I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask both of you guys. Scale of one to ten, ten being the highest. What do you think the highest mark could be, 10 being the highest, for Kemper, for the Avs to really make a run? How, how great? I mean, obviously you want to say 10, but knowing where he's been during his career, what do you think could possibly get it done for them to make it to the finals? What does he have to I'd be? I'd say an eight. He has to be an eight. Yeah. Got an eight and a half. Like uh, someone, look, he's not Andre Vasilevsky. Okay. okay? He's not. Okay, uh, now... And Vasilevsky's been a 10. Now I'm going to ask you this. 
Would you rather have Kemper at a nine and no Nathan McKinnon or Kemper at a seven with Nathan McKinnon? Danny, you want to go first? I'll take uh, the better goalkeeping because I, and that's McKinnon my I will too. hasn't yeah. scored. So. There we go. Playoff hockey is all like NFL is all about the quarterback. Playoff hockey is all about the goalie. By the way, did you see Kale McCarr pull a Bobby Orr last night? And yes. to end rush in which he ginsued his way through that defense. That was a Bobby Orr moment. I remember when he came into the league, and I remember actually talking to Peter McNabb on the mm-hmm. phone while he was still in college, and he said, "This." Peter said to me, he goes, watch this guy skate. He said he can go end-to-end. That he was, can go end-to-end. Uh, that was the goal of the year so far. No question. For the Avs. Bobby Orrish. Yes. Bobby Orrish. Well, you know what? If Peter McNabb is making the Bobby Orr comparison. No, no, he didn't say he's Bobby Orr. He's, no, but saying ish. I don't want to stretch it that but he, far. No, but, but he the, said his speed yes. is. And you know what else? But, any, but, I, but, I, tr- but I, I trust Peter McNabb if he, if he says there's even a part of McCarr that compares to Bobby Orr. A small part. I trust him. Well, then again, Bobby Orr's. But Bobby Orr's the, the all timer. We're not yeah. saying that Kale McCarr is Bobby Orr. He has Orr. some of those qualities. Yes, he does. Listen, Kale McCarr's a top five player in this league already. Period, and most most hockey people would agree. No, nowhere below top ten. Yeah, he's this. He's that good. All right, that was masterpiece roofing. Just in case you missed it, if you need any help with your roof, especially if you've had hail damage, highly recommend you go with masterpiece roofing. They will fight for you to make sure that your insurance company pays for pretty much the entire thing. My buddy just had to pay a $500 deductible. His insurance company paid over $30,000. That's the way it should be done. That's where you're going to get from Masterpiece Roofing. Go to MasterpieceRoofing.com. Alex and Danny, great job today. Mace, same with you. Still can't believe you said you think Josie Jewell's better in pass coverage than Young. I, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be thinking about that all night and just laugh. Make it the best possible. I'm glad I brought a smile to your face.